0: City Radio What's going on everybody? Thanks for tuning in on Pogo City Radio. I'm your host Andrew Bedlam We're getting nerdy on today's episode, but before we do, let's check out the spicy tops. Spiky Tops, Andrew Bedlam here. God damn has it been an annoying day. Uh, The show took me forever to start. We're going to have a fun episode. I'm going to let loose. It's going to be fun. It's going to be informative. But I got to bitch for a second. I have had a frustrating ass Fucking day First of all, I've been woken up for the past three days By the fucking constables Because apparently I have a warrant Out for some bullshit No real crimes, a bench warrant But um, the only reason why I'm telling you this Is because I'm handling it tomorrow So all you haters out there that want to snitch I mean, there's there's nothing to snitch on They've been coming to my door every day And I just don't answer it But uh, yeah, it's funny, right? So, if, if, like, like Anybody who's at my door at 7am suspicious okay i think it's the cops instantly second of all anyone knocking suspicious all right third of all i have a doorbell that has a camera on it, so you're knocking, so my camera doesn't turn on. You're a cop, okay? So I'm hearing this pounding on my door, like five to seven in the morning, right? I'm like, fucking pigs are here. I know the fucking pigs are here. those goddamn fucking cocksuckers. So I jump on my phone because normally, like, if they rang the bell, it would just show up on my TV. So they fucking, I, I get on my phone and I see the fucking badge. I'm like, the fucking cops. Fuck them fucking pigs. God damn it! And I'm like, I'm fucking do nothing in the past that bad lately and I'm like so I go like army crawl into the bathroom I could see there's a cop at the street there's a cop at my door and I'm like Jess the fucking pigs are here the fucking pigs are here and uh she's like what the fuck and then I'm going on the camera and I find I I'm still mad but I sigh of relief I see the guy turn and it says constable on his jacket so I'm like okay okay I obviously have some like unpaid parking tickets or some shit, but I'm pretty sure it is, is I was paying off some fine and I paid it while I was in LA and I thought I was done. I bet you I had like one more payment, which would mean I, I would have like less than $50 to pay probably at a final payment. And now with warrants, it'll go up another $100 and... I got two warrants on this exact same ticket before, but uh, yeah, I th- I think that's <laughs> what it's for. But uh, I'll go handle it tomorrow. I um, I'm not I'm not taking a ride in the paddy wagon all around Easton and Wilson. Oh, FYI, this has happened to me several times. Just so you know, I think I get hit up so much with this bullshit because I literally live around the block from the courthouse, like around the block, and uh, so. Because, like, when I'm in their car, like, you'll hear on, you'll be hearing like the other people's cases and the walkie talkies. Like, I'm always paying attention for these reasons. And uh, so, like, you'll hear like somebody's wife, they'll be like, oh, no, he's in Allentown. And even though they're state constables, they can go anywhere in the state, but you'll, no, we ain't going to Allentown. It's like they only stay local, right? And what they do is they pick you up. And um, they drive you all around town, like the numbered streets in Easton, getting everybody else who's in the same situation as you. And then you all get to the courthouse. The courthouse opens at like. everybody gets there at like 8.15, and then we all got to see the judge, okay? But what they'll do is they'll just be like, oh, you didn't pay your fine, blah, 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 blah. now it's an extra $100, don't worry, you don't have to give us any money today. We want you to go on a payment plan so you can forget and this can happen all over again, because we're fucking scumbags, but neither here nor there. (laughs) So... I'm not letting that happen. I don't feel like going on the ride, and I also don't feel like, you ain't getting me, bitch. Fuck you. Fuck you. What you think? I don't have cameras? Fuck out of here. I ain't answering your fucking door. Fuck out of here. But, uh, so it's like, I'm not going for the ride. I'm not going to be put on another payment plan. I'm going to show up with money and be like, hmm, i I think I have something to pay. And they're going to be like, you have a warrant. Well, you can pay it, but it's going to go up an extra hundred bucks. Do you want to do the payment plan? And I'm going to be like, nope, cash right here because I got paid today. I'm done with you bitches. So that's what I've been waiting for. So now I don't think they'll be here tomorrow because on Fridays, they run Gagnon 2 hearings. This is what I mean by paying attention, but this is from when I was in county a whole bunch. But they have the Gagnon 2s on Fridays, which are sentencing for parole violations so they actually didn't come today and on Thursdays they have Gagnon 1s usually which is where that's like your arraignment for a parole violation Gagnon 2 would be your sentencing for a parole violation so I don't think they send the constables around in the morning around here on Thursdays and Fridays because they're so backed up it's scheduled already and uh, so I'm pretty sure, like, hopefully they don't wake my ass up tomorrow because the next day they came and they were here at 6 a.m. So I figured I was the first stop that time. So once again, won't answer the door. I go and I'm sitting on my toilet looking out the blinds peeking because that's the front of the house. And I know it's the same two constables. This one constable, he's a nice guy, but fuck him. He picked me up mad times. He picked me up one time when I was like 22 years old and it was like over some bullshit like this. Like not a real warrant and he knew I was a junkie at the time and he was like, Andrew, you got anything on you? He goes, I'm gonna turn turn around. Throw it in the garbage. And I was like, cool man. And I did and of course I went back and got it later. But like he seriously let me throw away paraphernalia and product and then it took me to the courthouse to go deal with the judge. And then the motherfucker drove me to my spot and i remember being like he was being all nice and i remember being like um you're gonna have to drop me off at the gas station <laughs> like i can't have the people in the neighborhood seeing me get out of a cop car that's not a good look for me <laughs> so i had him drop me off at the gas station on 13th street and i walked down to like 11th but uh i i don't like i'm gonna go deal with that shit i want to pay it off in one shot because i know i know if i take the payment plan this will just happened all over again and it should have been done already. I've paid two separate hundred dollar fines for violations of like not paying the ticket, and now this will be a third. Done with this shit. Done with this shit. That's like being on my own terms, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I had a very annoying day at work. But we don't want to talk about that. We're here for punk rock. I'm out of dabs. I have un poquito of dabs, and I'm trying to save them for the morning. So I got this fancy... Fancy what we call a nectar collector on the end of this bong, and I know most people are listening on audio, because thank God we have thousands of listeners on audio, and we have a whole fucking five on Facebook, probably, if we're lucky. <laughs> no, no. See, nobody's there when it's live, but they see it later. But anyway, for you viewers, so what we got here, for you listeners, we got the big-ass glass bong, and uh, just your typical water bong, ice bong, so it's got a little... Closed off smaller hole in the neck so you can fill it up with ice and it'll stay in the neck, fill up the bottom with the water. Now I have a cool temperature dab rig Um, uh, what the fuck's it called the thing in the pyramids um, that glass stuff quartz crystal banger some would call it a nail and uh, you could just put it right in the bong. but I got this extra glass middle piece section here which is almost it's just like this extra chamber and what that does it's not resin we call it reclaim because it's not the same as resin it's like product that we have dabbed THC concentrate that we have very vaporized but like that got left over and then returned into a solid i have a little section with a little silicone dab jar that attaches to the bottom of this quartz crystal chamber and there's a little tube in it and all the reclaim it's so you can save like it it keeps your bong way cleaner i've heard people talk shit on them and i do not know why i've had two different kinds and all silicone kind but these glass ones are my favorite I love them and have no issue it keeps your bong way cleaner because what happens is all them dabs get trapped in your bong when you don't have all that reclaim gets trapped in your bong when you don't have the nectar collector chamber and then it's like you end up wasting it because you can't smoke that shit and it's all sitting in water it gets all gross when it's in the bong but it's like it's mad hard to clean out this it never gets in the water it never gets in your bong and it goes right in the bottom of a little silicone dab jar which if you want it you could pop off put a cap on it and go walking with you the point of telling you all this was to let you know that i'm down to smoking the reclaim i am breaking open the nectar collector and scraping out now actually if you think dabs are crazy kind of like resin these nectar collected dabs are even crazy are because just like when you have like a resed up bowl but it's not the same because that shit has been smoked it's not the exact same thing but just like when you have a resed up bowl the resin has a higher thc concentrate it gets you more fucked up it's a bunch of different leftover weeds spun into one so this is the same principle here and also you make dabs stronger by refining them so that I am positive. This next statement I'm not positive of, but um, I'm just connecting dots and hypothesizing. So when you, there's different types of um, THC concentrate depending on how it's made, but more so what its texture is. And you got crumble, which is like flaky, baby powdery, clumpy baby powdery. You got batter, which is like almost like that fucking syrup okay um, and you got shatter which is mad hard and like if you like cut it if it's like a flat layer like it could go bing flying across the room you gotta be gentle with it but shatter gets like that from being refined twice, and it ups the THC concentrate, even uh, the, um, the, the rating, the percentage, it ups it even higher when you refine it that second time, turning it into shatter with butane, okay? So um, I, I don't know the entire process, but you know, you, you're basically milking marijuana. The way the um, dispensary dispenses it is that one gram of my dabs is considered seven grams of flour, a quarter of an ounce. They claim that it takes seven grams to milk this THC concentrate out and to equal a gram of pure concentrate. That's why the price is so expensive. But um, So when you refine it twice, it ups the potency. So we're heating it, burning it, in the, bog, the bong but then the leftover is falling into the nectar collector I feel like that's a third refining process which by my logic would make it even more potent because you get crazy high from this shit and I don't think it's just the twist I think it's the fact that it's already been cooked And, you know, you cook it twice to make shatter. And, you know, what about when you're smoking reclaimed shattered dabs? That'd be like cooking it a third time. And that's what I'm smoking right here. So, you know, you got fucked up, but it means you're down to your dimes. I was just thinking, right, because I luckily got to talk to Black Zach, uh, the guitarist in the Bedlam Punks, me and Sean's best friend. And um, I don't want to hear that whole, I, I try not to go with the whole, you know, ethnicity, identity. But uh, Black Zack has been Black Zack since the beginning of time, and he refers refers to himself as Black Zack just as a trans person was born Bill, but then you call them Tammy because they say my name is Tammy. Well, Zack will introduce you to him himself to you as Black Zack. So he is Black Zack. Go fuck yourself. But I, I got to talk to Black Zack and I was like, yo, motherfucker, when the fuck you coming? And he was like, well, I'm getting transferred soon. Uh, if you don't know, Zach has been in the Army for over a decade. He's done three tours, but uh, he's on the next track we're gonna play and uh but um i was like when you coming back around he was like well hopefully i'm getting moved to i think he's at fort dix whatever it is is in jersey and if he's moving to jersey you know he'd be back around and uh the motherfuckers only got like seven years till he retires so it'd be nice to get him here for like a nice little three year period and then he'd probably have one more transfer and that son of a bitch can retire lucky bastard but um For the retiring part, not the whole he sold his life for 20 years. Like, goddamn. But I was talking to him, and uh, he is hopefully coming back around. And I would love to record some more Black Zack Bedlam Punk's recording that was our high school band Zach was like I want to say he was the best guitar player in school and he was once Arthur graduated and if you guys went to our high school you know who Arthur was and if you didn't go to our high school and you're into grindcore and if you're really into grindcore you probably know October Skyline and that band was out of my high school and it was crazy because most of the members were still in high school and like they like exploded in the underground and like being ready there. Even though I was a punk kid, you know, the the, the same places would have the grindcore shows and, like, we'd end up playing with them sometime. And uh, it was just, like, it was, like... They really, like, for underground high school kids, like, blew up out of nowhere and, like, got an album deal and went on tour. And I remember being like, their CD is at Best Buy. Like, what the fuck? But uh, yeah, Zach was the best guitar player in school, second to Arthur, who was in October Skyline and then eventually graduated. But Zach was insane. I do not remember what my original point was, but that is Black Zach. And he wrote this next song. Uh, and and uh, I am singing it, actually. and playing bass. This was our high school band. You know it. You love it. It is the Bedlam Punks with East Coast Punks. Find it on Spotify off our 15 years EP, bitches.
1: Colorado City Radio.
0: Why do I hear nothing? I see tracks rolling, but I hear nothing. This is pissing me off. Okay, great. Yay. That's not good. I have no idea what's going on there. Oh, Jesus, and we're live. Isn't that fun? Got no audio coming through. All right. So I guess I'm flying solo on a live show, I told you it was a bad day. We already listened to a song and everything was fine. I can't figure out what I possibly could have done to make this happen, but we are not getting any audio. I'm gonna have to try and fix it or just end the live show. I told you it was a bad fucking day and I wasn't fucking lying, this is crazy. I can see the levels, I can see the music coming through and the visuals, but there is no audio. There is no audio, and I don't know why. Okay, okay. I fixed it. All right, here's the Bedlam Punks. Jesus fucking Christ almighty. East Coast Punks. Mm -hmm. That was the Bedlam punks right there. I am uh, in the middle of a dab because I had to scrape it out of the Nectar Collector. Yada, 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 yada. What a pain in the ass fucking day it has been. But I did get super excited yesterday. And now we're going to jump in to some nerdery once I take this dab. And it's going to be a much better night.
1: Briefers.
0: Okay, now, so I'm online last night, right? I'm all excited because, boom, JHS, one of my favorite pedal companies, the builder is Josh. I talk about it all the time. They are based out of Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas, Mississippi, wherever the fuck Kansas City is, and it's not in Kansas. It's in Missouri, right? You don't know where Kansas City is? Who the fuck knows? They're in flyover country, okay? But... Uh, JHS Josh, as I will refer him to him many times. Now, he is in the Guinness Book of World Records now for having the biggest pedal collection. He has what he calls the museum. You know, JHS is a pedal factory now. It started out by him building pedals in his bedroom and and selling them at the local guitar shop. You know what I mean? One day, uh, eventually, he opened up a store, you know, brick and mortar selling amps, blah, 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 blah. That went under. The pedal company stayed, okay? And uh, the pedal company has an enormous YouTube following now because Josh pretty much knows more about pedals than anyone else on the planet, okay? The history, the topology, everything, all right? And um, he's definitely, like, one of the most trusted sources on information for pedals in the literal world okay he's worked with pretty much any company you can think of he's worked real close with boss a couple times he's i believe the uh, the dude the ceo of boss is actually named yoshi and uh, he talks about him a bunch they collaborated on the angry charlie um which was shaped like a traditional boss pedal i'm just giving you some history on jhs and uh because they have a new product and i think it's amazing and i'm totally pumped about it uh we're gonna do a bunch of little pedal history for you today as well that's pretty much all we're doing but (laughs) but uh yeah so josh Uh, So now you know who Josh is, the company is JHS, Um, he has a great YouTube show, like I said, definitely go give it a follow, but just keep, so now you know who Josh is, and JHS. Now, the pretty much most famous, most sought after, um, you know, uh, also semi the most hated, because of all the hype, but uh, it sells for $8,000 used on Reverb, the Klon Centaur Professional Overdrive, okay? Now, this was made by a man named Bill Finnegan, and he made the first one in 1994, okay? Now, the first production model he made has a serial number of 002, because he considers the prototype, which isn't even in a housing to be the 001. So the first Klon has a serial number of 002, and my boy JHS Josh has that Klon. He not only has that Klon, he has every model of the Klon, and they didn't change the circuit, they only changed like the housing and the decal. He has multiples of every version of the Klon Centaur. And if you got a beat up, Klon Centaur, not even the gold one with the horsey, but just like the flat-out silver one, which was like the later years, that would go for like five grand on on Reverb, okay? So the golden, it's a gold paint, burgundy knobs, three knobs, a Centaur on it. The gold one, that goes for eight grand, okay? Now, why does the Klon go for eight grand? Why is it so sought after the Klon goes for $8,000 because it is made with unobtainium and unicorn dust okay so basically Bill Finnegan found these really weird diodes that he had never seen before shaped funny and um he also had this idea to let I don't think I I don't know the clans really known for doing this, but I don't even know if it was the first thing to do this, letting some of the dry signal in the volume knob. So for you non-guitar players, if we turn up a knob on the distortion pedal, it makes more distortion. If we turn down the knob, it makes less distortion. Okay? So think of the pedal, not incorporated. A clean guitar, dring, I want to hold your hand. A guitar like that, a clean guitar. Okay? Now think of a Metallica distorted guitar. Okay? Now, what if you took that clean guitar and that Metallica distorted guitar and merged them together? That would be letting dry signal in your path, in your circuit path, your Signal path, that's the term. All right, so your dry signal is your clean sound, your guitar tone unfucked with, okay? Going straight from your pickups, which are the little microphones in your guitar, straight from your pickups, that tone is your dry signal, okay? So he has the dry signal coming in with the volume knob, which is one of my favorite things of all time. They, I, I like it when it's adjustable, like bass pedals do. But uh, so he found these diodes, he never found them again, he, he, he knew he wouldn't, he had a limited about of them, okay? And he handmade 8,000 of these roughly okay and now this was in 1994 but any classic rock superstar who is alive and on tour today is using a clon Centaur I am talking if you're seeing Aerosmith if you're seeing Guns N' Roses if you were seeing ZZ Top if you were seeing not that they're classic rock Pearl Jam so What my point is, these bands that came from the 70s and people like the Stones who came from the 60s, this pedal was not invented yet, but they all use it today and they chase after it. Another reason why the Klan is so hard to find is because those rich rock stars who have one, they don't have one they have eight. Now, I'm not joking, I feel like, now I'm sure there's a few people like me who are nobodies that got lucky, bought a clone early, never got rid of it, paid. So when it came out, I think it was uh, $250, and that'd be like 500 bucks today, so it was always expensive, all right? And, um, but, uh, damn, I lost my train of thought. Uh, the clone being, oh yes, so all the rock stars who own them, own three. It seems like no one who owns a Klon only has one. I watch a lot of Rig Rundown on Premium Guitars channel and that'll be there. They'll be there with Slash and he'll be talking about his guitars and his pedals. Sometimes they'll have their roadie do it. You know what I mean? The fucking roadie knows more half the time anyway. But they, even though this pedal wasn't out back then, they all use it now. Billy F. Gibbons from ZZ Top was real big with it. Uh, I think Ted Nugent uses it. I know y'all hate Ted Nugent, but he was a classic rock to guitar legend. But uh, so, uh, so that also makes it more rare. And uh, the fact that it can't really... We'll get to it not being able to be replicated, but the parts could never be replicated because there was only X amount of them. And when you get to super guitar nerdery every last... There's people out there that know which capacitor is in which pot and which chip and da-da-da and which op amp and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? So, it, so the fact of the rarity, scarcity of the parts, and then... Bill Finnegan, well, all you smart people, maybe you could take the pedal apart. Take it apart, look at the circuit, reverse engineer it, right? Reverse engineer it. Wrong, because Bill took epoxy resin and dumped it all over the circuit board, so it just looks like there's black slime all over the circuit board. You can't see the wires, you can't see how they're attached. If you pull it off, you destroy the pedal. Okay, so we have Scarcity, we have Mystique with all the rock stars, all those guys who play with vintage guitars and want vintage tones, and everything's got to be vintage, and everything's got to be vintage, and everything's got to be vintage, except for my clan from uh, 2006. I, I need my 2006 clan, goddammit. So it came out in 94. It lasted till 2008. We'll talk more about that. But uh, yeah, so we talked a little about the topology. Now we'll talk about it a little bit more. Not that I can go into that much detail. But when we said it couldn't be replicated, that's what people thought at a time, but anything could be replicated. Honestly, the parts that are in this guitar have been in society since the 1950s. They've been in guitars since the 1960s. And that's when you're looking at it vaguely, as in the way it operates. It still is, his specific diodes are still different, but you could have other diodes and make a replica as close as possible. But, uh, da, 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 why could, so you couldn't get the schematic because it was gooped out. But, ah, uh, huh, I'm losing my train of thought because I'm a stoner idiot. Oh, okay. So, goddamn, Andrew, you are a stoner. We're gonna play a track. I'm gonna collect myself. We're talking about the clan. Oh, the topology. We're gonna play a track. Ah, yes, I need to breathe. We're going to play a track, then we're going to talk about the topology, when uh, the topology is just, you know, how it's made, basically. Now, um, I can't say that yet. I am just... Here's Blank77 off the wagon. That's what I fucking am. God damn, I love Blank 77. I I really do. Like I truly love Blank 77. It's weird because I'm like best friends with Mike and Renee, and you know me and Chad are close, and you know me and Tim have been in a bunch of bands together, but like. I was just all stressed out and I was sitting over there taking my dad and just rocking out to off the wagon. I fucking love it. I love Mike. I love Renee. The sounds. I don't even mean as people. I'm hearing whispers about maybe there's one more show before the end of the year. I don't know. I don't know, maybe, maybe. I feel like the local scene kinda got shorted this year, and I feel like maybe, maybe Blank77 will give us a surprise Christmas present and bless us with some local show. I am not saying they have blessed us with some local show, but we're making a Christmas list. And speaking of Christmas lists, let's get back to this little clon ditty we got going on now that my brain's unretarded. Okay, so the topology. All right, so all pedals are basically a clone of another pedal, all right? There's not that many different ways to make a pedal, especially an overdrive pedal, all right? So putting it out there, Okay, also people, so when we make replicas, they might refer to it, like if someone was making a um, replica of a clone, because now they do this, uh, you would refer to it as a K circuit, Klon K, if you were referring to uh, like a uh, t- Tube Screamer T-style circuit, maybe 808, okay, that's how you'd refer to it. So there are changes because he has these special diodes and he's leaving some of the dry signal. But a Klon is just a fucking tube screamer a tube screamer is probably like the second most seen distortion guitar pedal of all time i'd say the first one is the ds1 boss ds1 the orange distortion pedal that everybody had in high school i swear to god you can get this thing on reverb if you guys don't know what reverb is it's like an ebay for guitars and gear and shit you can get them on reverb for like 20 dollars there's they're in landfills they're 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 at nasa they are everywhere okay like The second most seen guitar pedal, or probably maybe even first, is the Tube Screamer. There's different variations of a Tube Screamer. Certain people despise them, and certain people think of a fucking Fender amp and a Tube Screamer as like salt and pepper. Okay, but regardless, a Tube Screamer is not a complicated circuit, it's not a hard circuit, it's not an unfamiliar circuit, and that's all a Klon started out as. did not realize this. People would probably still argue to this day, oh, my God, I wanted to kill someone who worked at Guitar Center one time who wanted to tell me that a clone was a, um, what was he trying to tell me? It was a clean boost. And I said, no, it's an overdrive. And he was like, mm-hmm. It's clean boost. It says on the fucking pedal, it's an overdrive. And now we're gonna get into some science about how it is an overdrive. Okay, so now, I use the term distortion. I use that term loosely, okay? I consider, I would say, like when I'm just speaking from the cuff, like I would call any rock and roll guitar distorted, whether it was Smashing Pumpkins, or led zeppelin or nirvana now all of them were using different pedals they weren't all distortion some of them were overdrive some of them were distortions some of them were fuzz and some of them were clean boosts those four terms i just said we're putting under one umbrella okay because those four pedals types of pedals those are that, that's not even, like, the specific. That's just, like, the kind of pedal. Like, are we talking rollerblades or skateboards? Like, it's we're being, okay, like, vague like that. So to me, the reason why we put those four pedals, those four circuits under the same umbrella, because they take your guitar from I Want to Hold Your Hand to Twist and Shout. Okay, they take your guitar from jingle jangle to distortion to power chords. Now, I would just call it distortion, but when we're splitting hairs, not necessarily distortion. Distortion is created a specific way, generally with clipping. But let's start back further. Let's start at what Mr. Asshole at Guitar Center wants to talk about, which are clean boosts, okay? What is overdrive? What is distortion? All right, now let's think of that. Beatles, I Want to Hold Your Hand guitar. Let's go back even further. Let's, Let's think about country music, folk music, Martin guitar, which is in the next town, the real official Martin. Nazareth, Pennsylvania, always has been, next town. My mother lives there. But those people, they wanted the cleanest, purest, fullest guitar tone, imaginable distortion was the enemy buzz was the enemy that was disgusting that was bad it was bad craftsmanship it was bad playing it's terrible my virgin ears rumble but uh yes okay so overdrive is when we have a five watt speaker And put six watts of power in it, okay? It gets fucked up. All right? But if you do that the right way, it's beautiful and it's rock and roll, okay? There ain't a punk track out there without, unless it's folk punk, without some type of overdrive or distortion, okay? So a clean boost is what would do that. Okay? So the reason why it's clean is we're not fucking up the signal at all. We're not changing it in any other way that we're making it louder. This is where humbuckers come into play, certain type of pickup for you non-guitar players. The big beefy one with two coils in Gibson Les Pauls, okay? So what that is doing, think about it as an extra microphone. So if you look at a Fender Strat's pickup, it looks like half of a humbucker because that's what it is. They put two of them together the PFA, the people at Gibson, they put two of them together because they were trying to get rid of noise. And it does do that. That's why it's called a hum bucker. It bucks. Go fuck yourself, hum. It bucks the hum. That's why strats, if you plug in a strat and you have it loud and you're not playing anything, but you got some pedals running, you're gonna you're gonna hear all that, all right? A hum bucker is gonna cut back on that. They're not as noisy. That was their purpose. But when they doubled the magnet, it doubled the power which led to overdrive so now that microphone that pickup in your guitar it used to pair nicely with that amp maybe that amp was five watts and it only pushed four never overdrive now that amp is five watts and instead of pushing four you're pushing eight all right that is a clean boost okay now an overdrive a an overdrive uh it is similar except it's not just volume there is gain okay so it has an extra thing it's not just your clean signal louder now just a quick little side tangent most People and when I say most people, I don't mean the rock stars. I mean the assholes like me that would be on like the internet and stuff. They seem to favor the clone as a running it like a clean boost. What do I mean by that? I just made a whole thing saying there's gain, so it's not a clean boost. And fuck that Guitar Center guy. Okay, but if you turn the gain knob all the way down. There is no gain, if you turn the gain knob down and the volume knob up, well now you're running it like a clean boost, the pedal can do more. It is designed, it is intended to do more. You can use it like a clean boost, it is not itself a clean boost, all right? But, most people use it that way and this is the really funny thing about that like everyone's preference is their own preference but like it just goes to show you how so much of everything is hype because everybody's like oh you got to use it as clean boost you got to use it as clean boost I, I hate the clone clone as distortion when you have that gain knob turned down you're not using the special part That diode clicks in, and I've heard this from Bill Finnegan in interviews and JHS Josh, that diode doesn't even get anything running through it if you have the gain knob turned down because it's in the gain knob. So you're spending all this money to use a clean boost. You could make a clean boost in 10 minutes. You could buy a clean boost at the store for 50 bucks, all right? It's just more volume. You could get a humbucker and a shitty amp and that can be your clean boost. But Well, it wouldn't be a pedal, but you gotta do it with the volume knob. You know what I mean? Roll off the volume knob, you clean up turn up the volume knob, distortion. And if you have good pickups and you're ginger with the knob, you're not gonna lose too much volume from 10 to seven. And you could just clean it up and get some compression, turn up that knob, go to full volume, max out that little ass amp, now we have overdrive, okay? So they're spending all this money on a pedal and saying it's the greatest thing ever, and they're not even using the special part, okay? That just doesn't make sense to me. But see, we talked about the goop. We talked about the schematic. I've told you it is based off a tube screamer because in 2008, someone finally removed the black goop from the circuit, reverse engineered it, and posted it on the internet. Now, no one said this in the beginning, but it was pretty accurate. There are now 9,000 million clone clones. Klon clones, say that three times fast. I have one, I have the conspiracy theory. I am a Klon virgin. I feel like a lot of people, see I'll at least put it out there. I have never seen an actual Let alone played on one, let alone played on one enough to the fact where my ears would be trained. You're all these assholes on the Internet. And it's like, dude, the reason why, if you can see in that camera shot, I have so many pedals and I have many more than that is because I didn't just want to listen to Josh and Bill Finnegan about you know, well, this pedal sounds this way, and if you turn that knob, it'll be like that. That's a good instruction manual, but I need the circuit, I need the pedal. Now, I know what a Klon replica sounds like because I have my conspiracy theory and it's my absolute favorite. And the reason why I went with the conspiracy theory by way huge, which is my particular Klon clone, my case circuit, is because I watched a shootout on Anderson's YouTube change, YouTube channel, which is a like huge guitar store in England with a cool demo uh, YouTube channel, and they had every Clone, clone that they had at the store and they did have an actual silver clone. so remember the styles changes nothing of the circuit okay so silver clone, just a later time period probably into the 2000s but still made by him by Bill Finnegan the same way okay so they had a silver clone, and then they had all their replicas all their clones and I listened to the whole hour and a half video and I absolutely loved The Way Huge one and I thought it was the closest so I went and bought The Way Huge one. And that is what my ears think of a K-Circuit even though I have never actually heard a K-Circuit as many people, most people have not. But uh, they reverse engineered it, and it was pretty much a tube screamer. They didn't have the special parts, but you can use different diodes, and people get it close. Once this happened, Bill Finnegan decided it was time to get out of his garage and to uh, mass-produce this a bit more and, uh, you know, cut cost, production, baby. And he made what is now known as the KT. FYI, Klon was supposed to be the company name. Centaur would have been the model. There may be other Klon pedals. I don't know of them. I'm sure there's like some rare ones Josh has or something. But um, so he started making the KTR. I don't know if it was in 2008. They stopped making the Klon in 2008. Shortly thereafter, they started. Nope, I remember when, okay. So they stop in 2008. Calls it quits, all right. All the replicas are coming out. That's the real story. Now, JHS Josh, at this time, is in communications with Bill Finnegan. He doesn't want to step on his toes. And he's like, I can make this circuit. Bill, is it cool if I make this circuit? And Josh says, Bill doesn't even say this. Josh just puts it out there. He goes, if you ever decide you want to remake it or get back in business, I'm out. I'm I'm discontinuing it that day, and I'm done. So Bill Finnegan gives Josh his blessing And Josh makes what I believe he called the Klon replica. So between my love for Josh and JHS, my love for pedals in general, and the obvious mystique of the Klon, of course I would want the JHS replica. Especially because Josh only made it till 2012 because that's when Bill Finnegan came back with the KT. Are. Now, uh, FYI, on the KTR pedal itself, it's the same itself. It's the same shape, same knobs, but it's it's painted burgundy instead of gold, and it has like white writing on it. And the inscription on it says, "Kind reminder: colon, and this is from Bill Finnegan. Kind reminder: the ridiculous hype that offends so many is not my." making because like this guitar took over the world the uh, pedal think of like szechuan sauce rick and morty like this is like when there was like riots over the one day they brought szechuan sauce back because rick and morty mentioned it and all the people were selling their cars at mcdonald's for packets of fucking soy sauce that mcdonald's has for their chicken nuggets but um so it was controversial because like it is pretty much just a tube screamer with some fancy things it is very easily clonable now, and uh, people, so many people seem to not like that special diode, because they don't like the gain knob, and then other people talk shit because they just think of it as a clean boost, because that's how so many people use it, almost improperly. You can use it that way, but not its intended design, intended purpose, perhaps, so then they hate that sound, and they're like, oh, there's so much hype, it's nothing special, just get a fucking tube screamer. And Bill like, hey guys, all I did was make a pedal, you guys made it all crazy and shit. Like, I know I only made 8,000 of them, but this ain't my fault. But it, it was also because he left it a mystery that that's also what led. And it had something like a 14 week turnaround time. So, once word got out when he was still doing original production, like, uh. People didn't want to wait 14 weeks, and it was already like four or five hundred dollars. And people, people uh, were selling them for an arm and a leg to get their hands on it now. And that's why, like, you'll see all these guys on premium guitar rig rundown and stuff. Any if they come across a client, they are buying it because they'll break. They need extras. They, you know, whatever. It's a it's a rare thing and there's only so many of them and people say the KTR sucks like it has too many changes apparently there's this problem with a ribbon on the inside it detaches and it breaks all the time and I don't know I've never played one I'd love to have one but you know the internet gossip is you know the KTR subpar. now I am excited because I have been telling Jessica all season long Oh, season long. So you know, two weeks. That I want some build your own pedals. See JHS a couple of years ago teamed up with Sweetwater and they have pedal kits where you can get the JHS pedals and um, you know you got to solder them all together and you build the pedal. They give you the schematic. Josh even has videos on YouTube that walk you through them. And I was already saying that I wanted some build-your-own pedals and then yesterday Josh posted a video about not a Klon, his new DIY build-your-own clon kit that just got released yesterday. So not only is it a build-your-own clon kit, it's the specific schematic to how he made his clone, so I will be making the JHS Klon which has the JHS mod in it which offers in clipping which we're gonna get to because we were talking about uh overdrive versus clean boost we're gonna go further down that line but Josh came out with this build your own JHS clone with the mod and it's solderless. So I was back and forth on that because I'm curious of how well that how that really works, uh, but Josh knows what the fuck he's doing, who am I to question? But um I also like I've soldered a couple times, I've changed guitar pickups. I I wanted to practice soldering in my pedal kit but i was like no wait i absolutely it's the only way you can get the jhs Klon because he stopped making it and now that's astronomical because he made it for an even shorter time than bill finnegan made the real fucking Klon. all right so it's like the only way i can get my hands on a jhs Klon. it's only 99 dollars and i was like you know what maybe i should start solderless i'll i'll have more of a chance of like being successful my first time that'll be my first pedal it'll go nice and smooth i'll get a more general understanding of how everything works see i want to be this nerd who knows the difference between the diodes and the chips i understand their purposes but like i don't know what a fucking 702 capacitor sounds like to a 406 capacitor i don't even know if those are real numbers so the, re- the way I feel like getting into that, just like I got into the sounds by getting the pedals, is now I want to build the pedal. That's how you're going to find out what each little part really does. And then I wouldn't do this to the first one I did as I continue to buy more pedals. Well, that's when you start changing parts around, which would then be a pedal designed by me. You know what I mean? And I would base it off whatever topology. But all you got to do is change a couple parts, and it's a different fucking pedal. So that's eventually what I would want to do. So it's like, I want the JHS Klon, and this will be an even easier introduction, and I can make this, and I can have the JHS Klon get one pedal under my belt, and then I can get some of the soldered ones. So I'm totally pumped about that. Christmas all the way. You know what I'm saying? So why don't we give us a little uh, Christmas present. I'm sure this'll definitely get us muted, but uh, we always do our Christmas shows. I got some punk rock Christmas carols for you motherfuckers, you know it. I got plenty, I got new ones every year, but we gonna start off this holiday season with Run Rudolph Run by my man Lemmy. Bitch. (laughs) Not run run Rudolph. What the fuck is up with that? Like I checked on Chuck Berry. I checked on Brian Setzer. I I um Lemmy right here. Uh it's Run Rudolph Run is the title of the track. Not Run Run Rudolph. Like what the fuck, Chuck? yeah uh, yeah I'm a poet and didn't know it, but yeah, so that's the story of the clan i am going i am hoping in my Christmas stocking to get the quan. and uh yeah, I definitely obviously recommend you guys go following uh, the j h s show, but uh, we're sticking with some pedal nerdery because I just wanted to go a little bit further. it is a podcast now like we were all the way in 94 2008 talking about the clone. you know what i mean but it started way 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 longer than that fyi this has been therapy for me think of the beginning of the show and how andrew what andrew that was and the the right now andrew pedals therapy but uh yes i need pedal therapy but uh it starts in you know i don't know i want to say 1964 i'm pulling that out of my ass pretty sure it's 1964 don't quote me that's when the maestro fz1 fuzz tone comes out and you know i don't i can't ah fuck i should know i don't know who made it but what i do know is the story of its first use. So they made these. It was a new idea to make a distortion pedal because uh, they were calling it a fuzz, which is a, when we were talking like um, overdrive and distortion, fuzz, I would put it the most extreme category. That's the wildest. That's your amp is blowing up. That's Jimi Hendrix, okay? Think of like national anthem, like that's a, that's a octa, the fucking um, the, uh, the 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 fucking one with the light. What do they call it? The, the the fucking light distortion pedal. Really? I can't. It was made in China. The the light one. Damn it, Andrew. We'll get back to that. But the Maestro fuzz tones first use was uh, by Keith Richards in the Rolling Stones. Now get this. The year this pedal came out, they sold three. As in one, two, three. Uno, dos, tres, right? One of those three ends up in the studio with Keith Richards. Now, this pedal was marketed as um, make your guitar sound like a horn. I guess a lot of people really wanted their guitar to sound like horns and shit. But if you think about it, like jazz, music and stuff. So that's what they're going for. Not at all what they have. But they got like a demo record, like a plastic record, like a flexi record that was like it's commercial. And like they would drop the needle on the guitar store and it would like sample the pedal playing to you. It was also hardwired and it only had like a four foot cable on it, meaning like you couldn't like unplug from it. And um, but uh, Keith Richards is tracking Satisfaction, which you know, really, I mean, the stones were around before that, but really made them mega stardom. You know what I mean? He's tracking satisfaction, and you know, I can't get no. Ba-na-na-na-na-na. That ba-na-na-na-na-na was desi- originally they wanted it to be a trumpet or some type of horn, okay? But they're in the, the studio cutting the demos, the pre production, if you will. And they're like, oh, we got to track a horn. Keith Richards is like, let me play it on this thing. Tracks it, okay? Doesn't think twice about it. It's a demo. The Stones are on their tour bus. I've heard this from Keith Richards' interviews. So I've heard it from him. The Stones are on their tour bus. And um, he hears the new single on the radio. And he hears the guitar. And he shits his pants. He's like, oh, my God, that sounds terrible. That was not supposed to be used. That is supposed to be a horn, you know. A big band like that, the producers, the artists ain't even in on the fucking mix. They don't even hear the song. He didn't hear the song till it was on the fucking radio, the finished product. And fucking, he's like, "Oh my god, my career's over. This sounds terrible." No, put the Stones on the map, put guitar pedals on the map. But here's the thing: it really, it it didn't function well, and uh, it, it very. Commonly, I know I know a boy Mike Clancy, who's a regular listener and a guitar nerd and pedal nerd who actually knows all the stuff I'm talking about, but uh, I know he's a big fan of the FZ1, but uh, you know, the internet community, if you will. Seems to shit all over it. A lot of people shit all over it. Hey, a lot of people shit on the Tube Screamer, the Klon, and the DS-1, but um, not my favorite. It is a little bees in a can. Bees in a trap, trap, bees in a trap. It's, it does kind of have a bzzz, right so what happens is it's uh, Gary Hurst I do know the tone bender dude Gary Hurst is somewhere in the UK he gets a hold of the fz one and he's like I don't fucking like this so fucking the, f- the reason why it was, I was we talked about why it was made make it sound like other things but Gary Hurst is like I can make this better and he does And that's really the second pedal, and the second pedal is already a clone, a replica. Before we had even a different type of pedal, the next pedal was just an improvement of the first one. Like, that has happened since the beginning of pedals, literally. The Tone Bender is just a clone of the fuzz tone. I don't know what the specifics behind the circuit besides it is definitely germanium. I have a clone back there that I absolutely love that there are only three made the Antonio Benderes tone bend Antonio Benderes. Okay. So I they only made like single digits. I don't I don't know it was single digits. I think it was five or three. And I have one. And I love it. It's um Germanium, which is the uh, transistor. Okay, so quick little history lesson. Maestro fuzz tone, uh, more like a science lesson, Maestro fuzz tone was also germanium. Now, when we're talking about our pedal types now, so we had clean boost, we had overdrive, I would then say distortion, in my opinion, I would go next. And then after that, fuzz. So once you get to distortion and fuzz, we're really changing the signal. And um, in distortion, in the way I would describe it, I think of a lot of distortion as an op amp, the pedal, the rat. Now, they make the sound louder for distortion. So think of your audio signal. Think if you were looking at a computer and it was recording sound, sound waves. Do you guys know what sound? Waves look like. All right, so if you think of it as a like a thick, squiggly line, right? Now it's kind of like Cookie Monster came and bit a chunk off the top. Think of a cookie and then you bite it and you got all the teeth marks in there. Now that cookie was our sound wave, but now we just bit into it and we ripped it. So a common misconception: distortion is not louder when created with a distortion pedal. Distortion is actually taking away from your volume signal, which means it's got less volume, which I can't describe as any other way besides lower, (laughs) okay? They're ripping away from it. But they're boosting it first, and then they're ripping away from it, in the case of the rat with an op amp. The op amp is like biting it. The op amp is Cookie Monster, all right? And now we have a ripped piece of paper. Just think of a ripped piece of paper. Now it's all chunky and jagged, and our sound is all jagged and chunky. That is distortion. Now fuzz, fuzz was uh, basically, we're gonna talk, I don't, okay. I'm not an expert, people, okay? But in fuzzes, what is typically important is the transistor and what is in that transistor. Now, that's kind of like adding gain, okay? So when we were talking about the clean boost, there was no gain overdrive. There was, okay? Now we're talking about how we amplify our sound. Like the clean boost was just making it louder, but how are we doing it? We're gonna do it with a transistor. We're gonna do it with a germanium transistor in these early 60s pedals, okay? Now, these things were not designed for guitar pedals. They were designed for hospitals. They were medical supplies. That's what electronics was back in the day. And germanium transistors had a real problem and people literally died Because germanium gets fussy with a temperature change, okay? So germanium petals literally sound different if you are in the desert or if you were in Alaska. The temperature fucks with the germanium, which is an element found on the periodic table. It fucks with that, and it makes your petals sound different. Dwayne Allman from the Allman Brothers is famous for keeping his petals in the fridge. And um, I don't... No, he just thought it sounded better. I don't think they knew the science behind it, but that's why he liked it with a when the germanium was colder. Now, because of this problem with temperature, they later changed the designs of the medical equipment, and they used silicon, another element from the periodic table, And then people started using silicon transistors. So in Fuzz, we're using a transistor to make our signal louder to create a distorted sound. I don't want to call it distortion for labeling purposes. I would normally. but So they're creating a distorted tone by amplifying with a transistor. And they definitely, silicon definitely sounds different than germanium. And germanium sounds different from itself. Meaning, if I have three tone bender, tone benders are always germanium. Uh, if I have three tone benders in front of me made by Gary Hurst, each one of them, to a person with you know ears who's monitoring, each one of them is going to have a different sound in the same room on the same day. Okay, so that is both a blessing and a curse. All right, because it's like, what that means is your fucking tone bender can be 10 times better than your buddy's tone bender. You know what I mean? And, like, it also really, if you want to chase tone, that's a term that gets thrown around, that's something that I do, just sitting there playing a riff and turning knobs on my pedals and on my amp and cutting things and boosting things, if you really want to chase tone, germanium is where it's at because everything is different now if you got a setting and you like it see setting we're getting into like a digital brain there there is no setting with fucking germanium but if you get to a specific tone that you like which i'm also kind of picky about see i'm in both groups that's why i like both kinds <laughs> so if you're pickier Now, maybe silicon's where it's at because silicon's going to be the same every time. If we have a silicon fuzz face, which I would put next in the chronological order of like distortion pedals in the early 60s, that one was made by uh, Arbiter, somebody Arbiter, Mr. Arbiter, Dallas, or is it from Dallas, Dallas Arbiter, definitely Arbiter, all right? So the fuzz face involved um, more uh, transistors, okay? And then after the fuzz face came, the Big Muff came, and that was straight up silicon, right? Big Muff, oh no, silicon, Big Muff goes germanium and silicon, actually. But um, yeah, so, so does the fuzz face. Fuzz face goes silicon and germanium. You know what, no. Fuzz face goes both ways. Big muff is silicon. Big muff is always cascading silicon transistors. I I don't know how many, but it's cascading silicon transistors. That is how you make a big muff. Now, fuzz faces, made by Arbiter, Mike Matthews, who's a motherfucker. He's great. He's still alive, the dude who made the Big Muff. He's just like some old, gray-haired, tough guy from New York with a cigarette in his a uh, cigar in his mouth. He's like, hey! Buy the fucking pedal! It's the Big Muff! You know what I mean? He's, he's fucking awesome. He's like a thousand. But, um... So silicon, it's like, do you want something that's the same all the time, which is useful, especially when tracking recording, or do you want something that's magical and possibly different? You know what I mean? So I like both. I have both pedals. People argue over which one's better, and I'm stealing this directly from JHS Josh, but it is so true. None of these things are better than the other. You prefer one to the other. They're all doing the same thing differently. Things that make germanium faulty are also what make it magical. Do you know what I mean? Like, at the same time, if you have this great sounding big muff that everybody wants, like, then you could still change the settings with the knobs, but like, you can have that same sound, you can kinda park those knobs for the most part. I mean, if you're really gonna get picky, it depends on the size of your room and your amp and all this other bullshit. But still, you know how you like your big muff setup. You know how you like your fuzz face setup if you use them all the time. And you know, you just gotta make like a little tweak to the knobs generally. But um, yeah, man, pedals, ooh, pedals. So what I recommend is you go get your guitar and you plug that thing the fuck in and use some goddamn pedals. Play your guitar, rock the fuck out, just like the Street Brats are gonna do at 40 Fest year. Ah, That that would've been so great. Just like the Street Brats are gonna do at 40 Fest this year. Here's the Street Brats with Dead End Kids. I may have up here. Playing from Andrews S22 Ultra.
1: Why? Why? Technology hates me.
0: In the beginning of the show, I was talking about all that cop bullshit. I'm pissed. I'm mad short on cash. I really want to go to 40 fest. It's only sixty like five bucks to fly out, like if we were to buy the tickets today, and it usually just gets cheaper as it gets closer. It's only sixty-five bucks. And I mean, it's a great price for a four day concert. This, I think it's a buck 25. So, what's that? Like 25 bucks a day? Four days? No, so a little bit more. Like, like 30, 60, 120. Yeah, like 30, 31, 75, 32, 50 a day. Something like that, which is a great price. They got bands flying in from all over the country. Four days long, 40 Fest. But so let's see. That'd be like um, if they're 125 a appeal- so that's 250 for me and Jess, and then another buck 20 for the flight. And then I wanted to split a um, thing, what do you call them? A BMB with Chandler and Cass. And uh, I don't like this fucking. I know now I owe these goddamn pigs more fucking money. And I'm like, son of a Bitch, that was the that's like the flight. That's like the it's more than the flight. It's more than one ticket. It literally either just took both our plane tickets or one of our passes. And it's like fuck. And Sheena's birthday is in two weeks. And there's Christmas, and we have two kids. It's like fuck. It's like I'm not gonna be able to go to this fucking thing. And it's like if I am, I'm gonna find out like January second. But I'm so fucking trying to go. But. Motherfucking cocksuckers, but have fun. And uh, <laughs> let me get the actual fucking flyer. The street brats are one of the headliners. The parasitics, the dog face bastards, one way system, all that off the top of my head. I believe it starts January. Eleventh, I'm trying to get to Bill from Atlanta. It's Bill's 40 fest. The show was started in honor of Bill's birthday, his 40th birthday, and uh, but now I don't know what is this a fucking fourth one? I guess he's 44. But I got the flyer here. We got 40 Fest, January 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th, Atlanta Utility Works. It is on Martin Street. East Point, Georgia. You can get tickets at 40ozbooking.com. 40ozbooking.com. If you were there a couple days ago, they had a pre early bird sale. It was like a buck to get in. Now they're a buck 25. Like I said, it's well worth it. It's a ton of bands. It's four days long. You're paying roughly $30 a ticket, like a day. So, definitely worth it. Flights to Atlanta are not expensive. It's in like a cool part of town. They got like this five point section there with like a couple of awesome punk stores, like with punk clothing and a record shop, and this thrift store that has like all punk stuff. Like, it's fucking weird. I don't fucking know. It's fucking awesome, though. Smoke shop right there. I definitely want to fucking go, but it's one way system. The street brats, the parasitics, dog face bastards. Damn, I really got the whole top of the bill off the top of my head. Revolt. How are they that far down? Copyright chaos. The war lovers, our friends in the war lovers. Unwanted noise. Knuckleheads. Doc Rotten. Wrecked. Uh, Crime Time, Soap Charge, The Horribles, Noogie from Texas, Mokoas Don't know them. I'm sorry. The Last Responders, Destructive, No Coffin, The Oitakus, Oi Oi. Like it's like Oi like Punk. It's all one word. The and then it's Oi exclamation point T A K U S Oitakus. The Oiticus and Angry Youth, Joe's Band, the Unsubs Joe, one of his other bands. Then it also says Atlanta Host Bands. I believe all these bands are playing as well and helping throw it to some capacity. It's strike First and the Rotten Stitches, Friends of Ours, Triangle Fire, Crypt, uh, the Tomb Tones, the Handy Capitalist, Los Ojos, Myrtos, Stripper Colt, and Rob. Riot! This is all going down. Forty Fest, January 11, 12, 13, 14th. 40ozbooking.com, Be there, bitches. We are gonna get to the motherfucking unsubs up next. My boy Joe from the Spiky Tops, me and Joe's band, as well as Sean and Renee. We started off the show with. We're gonna get to his main project. He's playing with his throwback band in uh, Angry Youth and uh, I should see if I can find the new Angry Youth songs we are going to play the unsubs up next this comes off their new 7 inch with their new singer it's called Here's to the Losers and I hope you guys like it because it's up next Pogo City Radio bitches ah Oh we are just like not not having a the song is for
1: the outcast.
0: Unsubs, here's to the losers coming off their new 7-inch. I love the artwork, all UFO'd out. Someone like Marilyn Monroe or something like that on the cover with her eyes blurred out. Spaceships behind them. I love the fucking sticker work, even though, like, the day after, I put one of my favorite two stickers, two of my favorite stickers on the back of my car. It gets repossessed, like, the next day. One of them was Joe's alien artwork, spaceship beam, beaming up shit artwork for this album the sticker was great the other one was for the univibe that's what it is the univibe I have a different one with a voodoo doll on it from this Canadian company that I can't think of the name of right now but the univibe is what I couldn't think of earlier in the show when I was talking about Hendrix and the national anthem I was trying to describe fuzz tones now the univibe that was what Hendrix would really be using. I think he also was using the fuzz face, which is just insane at the same time. But the Univibe is what gives Hendrix that phasing type sound. So I don't know if you know what a phaser is. Think of something that's out of phase if you know anything about sound, like whoosh, whoosh a different way of generating that and not knocking it out of phase because that messes with other stuff sometimes too and it's kind of a different sound is um, by doing it with a light. So in Hendrix's Univibe and in my um, fucking, what's it called? Um, Voodoo Doll fucking Grub. It's like grub or something, the pedal. I don't know. uh, But um, what the Univibe does is it has a light bulb in it, and when the light turns on and off, or it dims, really. Think of a dimmer switch, okay? So one of the knobs is probably like the volume or... I don't know, one of the knobs is going to basically be like a dimmer switch for a light and you'll control that setting think of how bright it's getting how long it's taking to get bright how dim it's going and how long it's taking to get dim you set all those parameters you make the light function that way and when the light goes dim your sound kind of cuts out I don't want to say cuts out sways out, bends, twists, whooshes Okay, so it's set to the speed of the light bulb and the light bulb dims out and powers back on and that's what creates the effect mixed with some overdrive bitches. So we're really talking about some 1960s pedals here. Um, Apparently you enjoyed it enough because you hung out. So thanks. We've been here for an hour and a half. We're not out yet. We're leaving soon. God damn, was it a terrible day. The show, I feel like I I got in a sway and we did good, but God damn, was it a pain in the ass to run this show. Nothing went well today. Everything I did at work today, I had to do more than once. Nothing. And I I mean, nothing that I did at work today came out the way I needed it to the first shot. Fuck, I don't think any of it went the second shot. I'm a liar. One thing, one single piece of siding that was all the way at the top of a peak of a house so it was cut all weird and at different angles and I didn't even know it was there and then like right before I'm like thinking I'm leaving they're like oh can you do that and I'm like oh son of a bitch that piece is gonna be hard as fuck and I'm like and I gotta flip the blade on my fucking saw and cut it nice and clean this is never gonna work Da-da-da-da-da. I did that in one shot I don't know how it was some complicated ass cut I did it and I, I didn't flip the blade on the saw I was like fuck it I'm just going to go slow and do it with a table saw and not flip the blade. And fucking, so I cut it all like wonky and at an angle and like, it's supposed to be, it needed to be that way. And that actually went the right way. But all this other shit, oh my God, I was doing siding today. And the first, but it's not, I see it gets harder because I wasn't doing a whole house of siding. I was like patching it in. And anytime you're doing remodeling, it's always harder because you're dealing with not only other people's mistakes, but just wear and tear and the house singing and things not being level and homeowners that don't know how to do any type of this work and do it anyway and make things really bad. But, (laughs) and then you have to patch into this existing terrible work, and it's like, oh Jesus. And they're telling you not to rip off the rest of it so you have to keep the terrible shit and line it up with the terrible shit that's not in line. So I put up the half a siding of the house that I needed to do, and nope, it was crooked. But it wasn't crooked because of what I did. It was crooked. I know, that was flat out crooked because of what I did. Yeah, I put the starter strip on a little crooked, so I ripped it all off, fixed it, made it nice and level, went to the next back part of the house, right? I only needed three rows of siding, right? Only needed three rows. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm going to be smart. I'm making sure I got this fucking starter strip, fucking level and plumb, and my my whole area should be square. I'm thinking I got my J-track on, my starter, my corner. I'm just going to pop on the siding. It's nice and square. I made sure it was nice and square. I did this by placing the starter strip crooked on the ground because, yes, everything, of course, was crooked. But I made a perfectly square 25-inch area. Now, sidings reveal, the part of the siding you see, because it's actually larger, like if you were to just measure it, it's actually larger, but you know, you should know that the nails part get hidden if you do this like I do, but I'm not a sider, I do remodeling, I do siding now and then, you know what I'm saying? So, the reveal is only 8 inches. Okay, so the parts you see are only eight inches a piece, and I need to use three pieces. Are we good with numbers? What's eight times three? 24, as in 24 inches. What area do I need to cover? 25. So now I have an even. Plum, straight area with no siding on it, yay! And now, normally, this wouldn't matter, because you just keep going up to the top, and then the top piece you would cut. That happens all the time, and then you tuck it into the J, and you're good! Except I'm leaving the top pieces on. So I would just, what am I gonna do? Have a one inch piece of molding in the middle of one fucking wall? Nope, gotta rip all that fucking shit off even though I made the starter strip all nice and even fucking asshole an inch. I should have fucking known. It's an eight-inch reveal. It's nine inches with the part that gets hidden, but it's only an eight-inch reveal. Eight times three is 24. Had it been nine inches, it would have been 27, and we'd have been fine. But no. No. Okay. Now there's more shows. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Renee. I I went on that, uh, oh, cool, blank 77 Custom pedal now uh, I believe Dan I know I got sidetracked here I was going to Renee's text messages and I saw something else I believe Dan from South Class Veterans and his wife they bought Renee what looks to be I'm assuming maybe a clean boost it has one big knob some type of overdrive but is black and it says blank 77 all over it says overdrive so maybe that's a gain knob if if it's it's either a volume knob or a gain knob and the difference is how we are generating the volume right but whatever it'll do it'll overdrive the Amp and now Renee uses the Mesa Triple Rectifier, so she has plenty of game. But she will use a pedal like this when she's using like backline. She's not a pedal person like I am, but Renee is using backline and she needs a boost. She'll use her pedal then if she doesn't have her head with her. Like and that's actually happens. I would say at like some of the bigger shows when she can't take her with her. But yeah, so the boost she got this custom blank 77 boost, totally awesome. What I was really looking. was this flyer, and it is Steve Zing's annual Black Friday bash. This is going down at Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey, November 24th, talking about Black Friday. $10 at the door, 8 p.m., shop till you drop, and then go pogo, bitches. Be a consumer and and go buy commercial products and then repent for your sins at... (laughs) the fucking punk show in Pogo the Night Away with Renee and U.S. Chaos plus the zombie mafia and C plus special guest DJ Bobby Dooley and uh, yeah it's gonna be a good time at Dingbats oh the headliner is uh, what is that it's all written backwards morning noise morning noise i didn't even see it it's written at the top of the flyer like differently and some of the letters are backwards but we got morning noise u.s chaos a zombie mafia c plus at dingbats black friday now i won't be able to be at this because my family is going with tamar's family jason and tamar from uh what the fuck is that called hostile city and uh punks and skins with purpose uh they're having like a friendsgiving they always do on black friday so we really like going to that so we won't be able to go to the show but if you guys are in the jersey area go check out u.s chaos morning noise the zombie mafia and c plus it's only ten dollars and it's at dingbats in clifton Okay, I feel like there was another show we talked about 40 Fest. Oh, Mike Ramirez's Toy Drive. Now, Mike Ramirez from the despised NJ, who we're going to be getting out of here with in just a moment. He does the uh, Poor Man Inc. Uh, Poor Man ink promoting, booking, whatever the hell you want to call it. Him and I believe Stomp Out now it's not stomp out and will abuse anymore it's just stomp out uh, they got a toy drive going on poor man inc nj christmas toy drive 2023 this is a sunday matinee bring the kids and bring a toy plp clubhouse an awesome place you can see it on uh, pogo city radios youtube we got some videos one sided there go check it out give us a subscribe over on that platform but the plp clubhouse is in tom's river on 8th and Morningside in Jersey. We got Dab Nebula, Friends of the Show, OC Rippers, Born Tired, Gray Cell, Tear Guess, and Poison. IV Starts at 3 p.m. This is a Sunday, all ages, matinee. It is a toy drive. I believe you get entry with one unopened toy. Yeah, so bring an unopened toy per person. So you got yourself, you got your girl or your dude, your kids. Bring four toys then. You know what I mean? Go get stuff whatever it's just gotta be new in a box grab them from the dollar store go help out a cause see a bunch of great bands you could be a dick and pay ten dollars i just feel like that's kind of lazy go buy some fucking toys you bum but uh sunday november 26 stomp outs toy drive i am andrew bedlam before we get out of here though i gotta remind you to go over to pogo city hq now look yo pogo the reason why the last episode took so long to come out was because uh pogo got shut off because if the payment did not go through surprise surprise and uh yeah so you guys could totally it was the first time in it's been seven and a half years it is the first time that has ever happened like three times it's come down to like the day the page inactive deactivate it and i had to reactivate it all but you know you guys could totally help out pogo city radio by buying a shirt buying a hoodie i mean we don't make shit from them the shirts i mean pff- I guess we make like five bucks on the shirts. So uh, go buy a shirt, go buy a mug, go over to Pogo City HQ, help support the show and keep it going. Keep the, uh, Keep the uh, sound flowing, the overdrive roaring over to Pogo City HQ. Click the Pogo Shop. You'll be taken to our store. Everything is screen printed. We got some new embroidered beanies. You can get them with a poof ball. You can get them without a poof ball. We have some spiky tops beanies. We got spiky tops shirts and posters. We got a fucking single digits, limited sizes of, like, uh, the... uh, There was another Stab shirt, but the uh, only Stab shirt from uh, the second run of the Stabs, the yellow one with the knock, knock, knock and the chick on her knees and some of the white ones. Limited sizes. I think I got, like, ten of those left. You guys can get them from that shop. You guys uh, can get the mugs, both Pogo City and spiky tops. There's a lot of cool stuff there. There's, like, tank tops for women, there's um, fucking hoodies, everything screen printed the hats are embroidered, full color you can also pick your colors, like if you want a green pogo shirt you can get a green pogo shirt, you want a red black, whatever you want, same thing with the spiky tops, everything, the hats it's all, you can just pick it out yourself, any size, any color it's like a two week turnaround time, ain't got no complaints yet, so uh, like I said it's screen printed, back in the day as Sean reminded you, we got vinyl once and it did not turn out well but that was because it was vinyl these are screen printed so uh, go grab them also while you're at PogoCityHQ.com go and check out the playlist we have there you guys can download all those songs for free i think there's like 14 i gotta add some more gotta add the newer spiky tops stuff you can download them or you can just stream them we don't gotta take up your space but maybe you got a podcast or something like our friend izzy smut with uh, Nevermind the broadcast here is izzy smut and our friends savannah and tara <clears throat> at the uh, uh star city Punkcast, cast chad and thora they also have the um pretty vacant podcast so maybe you got your own podcast you guys can download the pogo city records catalog got a bunch of the one-sided tracks on there got the bedlam punk stuff some of the spiky top stuff got some unsubs some parasitics so uh go there Stream them for free, download them. Not all of them are available on Spotify. Some of them are, but definitely not all of them. That's all over at Pogo City HQ. Also, a good way to support it is just by clicking share, especially of the podcast. It's good if you share the video too. Lots of times the video gets muted though, but whatever works. Yes, so go to Pogo City HQ, show some support. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, the history lesson, the science lesson, the bitching about police. We are going to get to the despised and Jay. Uh, we haven't played them in a while. The band sadly broke up a couple of years, I want to say like a year and a half ago, and uh, I don't want to play Stalkergeist. I want to see if I can find, ah, I wanted to find The Alcoholic. Where is it? come on they had multiple so i'm just scrolling through right now okay so we got the alcoholic now this is one of their older tracks from their 1999 album they uh released hard copy back in the day it is available on spotify there are multiple despised nj pages so there is just one with their last song stalker geist that's on a separate page but if you go to the other page there's a whole bunch more tracks and uh go check them out you can find one of my favorite alcoholic I'm Andrew Bedlam we're getting the fuck out of here thanks for downloading thanks for streaming here's despised NJ I'm an alcoholic why mm. why <laughs>